maybe you should move your mouth, your mouth closer to the wherever your mic is or whatever headset or earphones you're using. Can you hear me now? Oh, better! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm fine. Don't cast all the spirits. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I said, Which one happened there? Hello, everyone. I am Mosido, and this is the More Civil Podcast. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the More Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Mosido, Nigerian-born, U.S.-educated, Korean-speaking, struggling intellectual. Today, I have um, a Nigerian with me. Her name is Patricia Kio. She's a graduate research assistant in the College of Architecture at Texas A&M College Station. She holds a BSc and an MSc in architecture. She's served in various positions, most of them as a secretary. We're going to find out what that means. She's a wife and a mother of two girls. She loves playing Scrabble. I mean, yeah, I mean, she really loves playing Scrabble. She's probably one of those people you don't want to play words with friends with because she's going to cream you very well. She's traveled to over 10 Nigerian states and Malaysia to play Scrabble tournaments. She's really that good. She also enjoys reading novels. She likes singing. She's, she loves singing so much she joined the choir. And she also loves writing. She's written over 50 poems. So everyone join me in welcoming Patricia Keel to the podcast. What's up, girl? Thank you. I'm all right. How's <laughs> college so station? Um, college station is fine. We oh, are having the summer holidays now, so things are slower. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to, you know, I used to be, I used to visit that campus a lot because I had a family member who refused to mention his name. That went <laughs> to that school. You know, there's a rivalry that's between my school and your school, right? Well, UT Austin yeah. and, and Texas A&M. But I will say this about your campus: it's a beautiful campus. You guys seem yeah, to get you. all the perks for free. So, so um, for those listening, I met Patricia through her cousin. Um, I think about four or five years ago. Five years ago. Five years ago, yes. Yeah, it was in Houston. Houston. I just had my baby. I had a baby, and, and you came with her. So yeah, it was a random, was a spontaneous road trip from Lagos, from Austin, Texas, to Houston, Texas. So, like, hey, you wanna go to Houston? I was like, yeah. What's happening? My cousin just came from Nigeria to have a baby. Ah, sure, let's go see her. And then I went and. We got talking and for now we had so much in common and we've kept in touch since then. I dare say I talk to you more than I talk to your cousin, by the way. Yeah, and I have to remind <laughs> you that. So, Doreen, if you're listening to this, see, call me and don't be a bad friend. Just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Anyways, um, so, um, Patricia lived in Nigeria for the longest time and then she moved to the U.S. less than a year ago. In fact, when, she, when I started the podcast, she was one of the people I reached out to that, hey girl, I have to tell your story. She's like, I'm not ready. I'm going to be ready after I clock one year in the U.S. I mean, she's so specific. I'm like, sure, no problem. So I waited for that one-year anniversary, and I shot, and I um, shot her a message on Facebook. She's like, you remember? And I'm like, of course I remember. Like, was I going to forget about you? Calm down. So anyways, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, girl. Okay. Um, firstly, uh, maybe I should have done the one year because I think with more episodes, we're getting more intimidating. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, oh, come on. I Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. it. <laughs> Okay, about me, um, family, I think I'm the second child in the in three kids, and then, what else again? You're the middle child? But, yeah, I'm the middle child, first girl. Ah, middle child syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm really analyzing as we're talking right now, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm the first girl, so add that to the analysis. Ah, girl, you're complex. 
Okay, I school then um, Port Harcourt, then Oweri for my secondary school, and then back to Port Harcourt for my university education. And then right now I'm doing a study, graduate studies in America. Good. Um, so I know you visited the US a couple of times before you finally made the move. So it's kind of different then because you, you knew you were just there for a short period of time. But now you've done the big move. You know, you're doing, you're pursuing a graduate degree, same as your husband, and then you brought your kids as well. Um, how has it been like for you? Okay, for me, it wasn't, I never really had that dream to move to USA. It was my husband, right? So yeah. it's like, he had the vision. And Things we do for love. <laughs> Things we do for love. Yeah, so, <laughs> so he had a vision and moved and it's like, okay, for me, why we were able to get there was my husband is very smart and of course I like reading, I like school, so that was the attraction. Yeah. So I always tell myself, you know, you got yourself into this, you like somebody that likes books, so just keep on with the sacrifice, you know. And so when he got here and then we came over, it's just a totally new experience. Uh, you can't compare the, I think um, it's more on the facilities. Because Nigerians are doing well here, so we don't have the same facilities. We don't. And then the way we treat each other is really distinctive thing I've come to see where they are nicer, you see them opening doors for you. Yeah. See them listening with you till you finish talking, nobody's criticizing you. you Polite, know? smiling all the time. <laughs> Almost like we entered into Twilight Zone where everybody's just their best self. And do you yes. notice that you're even more patriotic now that you're away from Nigeria, that you love Nigeria more? Yeah, so, so my problem now, it's so painful. See, it's so painful to me that it is this simple thing that I've been doing in Nigeria. I come over here and I say that that's what's making it work, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. wish we would do more of that. And you know, you said it best, and a lot of people have said it as well. We, we don't have this infrastructure. Because that's why people like us want to leave the country to, you know, have a better experience. Because if we had all the infrastructure that we need, if our government would spend more time building the economy than, you know, putting money in their pockets, I think a lot of us wouldn't have seen the need to, like, be so far away from her. That's true. true. And when you talk about infrastructure, you're not bringing the architecture, you know, we're doing architecture from Nigeria. (laughs) And I do have a question about that. I know now it's it's different because, I mean, my mom is a civil engineer. She does like some, a bit of architectural work, but I do have a family member that's an architect as well. I think one of the biggest challenges that I've observed is competing with technology. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys keep yourselves relevant at a time and age of, you know, technological bond and all that? Yeah, for architecture, it has a various fields. You know, you have the landscaping, you have design, you have the development of the design. So you need to find your gift. I think it has to do with your guide. Like for me, from secondary school, I knew that my subjects were going to take me there, like geography, further mathematics, technical drawing. So for me, I I really, if you ask me to draw a tree right now, it might be ugly. It will be ugly. (laughs) So I don't have that artistic uh, flair, you know, so I used to do my drawings and then give somebody to help me do the trees and the human beings, you know, so I don't spoil it. <laughs> so landscaping wasn't your thing, right? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. Uh, so, so landscaping, you see, now landscaping has given me more money than architecture because landscaping is about planting, right? Yeah. So I, I could get a job and say, okay, let's go and do landscaping for a, a health center or something, you know? Yeah. And if you, if you check your your gifts and then you apply that technology. Let's say okay we have AutoCAD, we have Articad, we have Atlas, there's so many software. So yeah. you have to decide what am I going to learn? How do I express what I have inside me? And then you use parts of them or one and do everything. That's what people are doing. I see. And in that line, how are you using technology more now in Europe, given that you're in a more advanced country? Okay, so what is working here now is teamwork, you know? There's ah. no 
Yeah. So here, when you come, you, you, they put us in teams. And you find out that I'm the one that even wants to lead the team because I feel like I don't want somebody to spoil this assignment. <laughs> because you're used to people spoiling stuff for you back home, right? I get that. Group work is the yeah, I remember one of your podcasts, you mentioned about um, them marking from 100 and then... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's how they do it here, yeah. So I didn't know it was like that. So oh, you yeah. find me, everybody's telling me, Patricia, you're taking this thing too seriously. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, for those that want to wonder what Patricia just mentioned, like comparing, com- making a contrast between the way we're graded back home in Nigeria and here. Here, they assume everyone gets 100 and then they start deducting points based on what you didn't do. Ah, uh, but in Nigeria, no. Everyone gets a zero and then they start adding points. Yes. And they will subtract from that zero. <laughs> I'm telling you, you sometimes you can even owe the teacher like some, some, some marks and all that. Okay. Yeah. Along that line, what would you say has, has been the most difficult thing to adjust to as far as the educational system is concerned? Okay, yeah, so I find that I'm always missing out on things. So for here, they are not very strict, but they tell you how to do everything. But you need to find out on your own. So most times I check and say, oh, did they have? And here, everybody, that strictness plays out in, if you miss something, everybody's smiling and nice, but they tell you, sorry, it's gone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to try again, you know? That's the worst thing that's happened. So, like, I, I think I get what you mean, because I want I'm trying to go back to my graduate student days. Basically, they give you deadlines, but then yeah. you have to be disciplined enough to follow those deadlines. Yeah, if in, not, in, you're going to miss them. Yeah, so in Nigeria, I'd have my friend in the class. I'll say, Patricia, have you done that assignment? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, let's go and do it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, even no. though you go, nobody will ask you, have you finished? Have you started? So yeah. you have to check. And the, the teacher will say, oh, I've put everything up on this site. Yeah, go, so go fix it. Go, go look into it and then, you know. And then they will have their links to it. And you can tell somebody where I couldn't check everything. When every other person has checked it, so... If I don't rushing, but it's been fun because I'm learning new things. So. Okay, good. And now combining that with two kids, two yeah, kids, how has that been for you? Well, my husband has been a very big help because when when I came in here, he, I think he was rounding up. So we picked the days, we worked with my timetable, and then they were also started school too, right? So and they enjoyed the school here. And another thing I wanted to mention, the, the children's schools, right? Yeah. They have all the schools are the same. All the doors have the same numbers. Like my my two children went to different schools because of uh, population. You know, you don't want it. Yeah. So I found out that every door has the same number. Door number one in this whole school is the same. I was like, wow, this is not just design again. You're you're designing with people in mind. You know, yeah. you understand where they are. You can have the same regular checkup and everything for them. So, well, yeah. I think that appeals more to you as an architect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. Was, and I should say that I think it's because of public schools, right? Yeah, public schools. Yeah, private schools don't have to follow those rules. Because I used yeah. to, um, I used to serve as um, uh, a tutor, like a math tutor in public schools, and I'll go around different public schools there in Austin to like help kids that were struggling mm-hmm. with math. And yes, the, the schools look the same, the cafeteria looks the same, the hallways look the same. You know, even the colors of the uh, well, sometimes the colors might change, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like it's similar. There's that um, homogeneity of Structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they open the doors for them. Like if you're dropping off your child, so the teacher will open the door for them. Yeah. Close the door. You're coming to pick. They open the door. Yeah. It, it looks like a little thing, but, but it's that whole aspect. It, that's the culture. It's not by wearing a necklace and. Mm-hmm. 
So they're teaching these children by doing these things with them that, you know, this is what matters. And you find that your child, when you get home, your child will come and open the door for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's because somebody's doing it for them. Yes, I want to drop mommy. I want to drop... <laughs> That's good. That's good. And then, it was along that line. For them, how has it been for them about, as far as like, you know, adjusting? Cause, you know, your kids, I mean, you have like a four year old or a five year old? I have two five year old and a seven year old. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're um, old enough to like understand that they moved away, right? How yeah. have they been coping with the move? Are they enjoying it? Are some things they like or they don't like? Okay, then, one thing I noticed here is there's a lot of candy all over the place, like, you know, anywhere you go, they're giving you candy, so you have to even hide it away from them. So they made new friends, they adjusted. The thing is, their voice is changing more than my own. Like, now I can't even hear what they're saying sometimes, because... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what is like, Mommy, can't you hear me? <laughs> Sorry, so dear. Yeah. <laughs> but you know why that is, right? <laughs> I think children change faster than they adults. Do. They are just faster, and then... They are more immersed in it through mm-hmm. schools, through churches, whatever formal organizations, and then whatever they are watching as well. They're, they're doing a lot more of the learning than you are. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my class, we have only two Americans and the rest of the world, and we're like twenty-eight. Oh, nice. So that's why I'm all learning as much as they are learning. You know, yeah. it's to more people that have the access. To that's one of the best things I liked about grad school. Like. Because ours was on healthcare, because I studied a, a graduate education in pharmacy and health economics. And then you have people from different parts of the world, and they tell you more about their healthcare system. And also through the, the way they answer in class, you could hear like, wow, that's different. Like, imagine if you could implement this and that. Would you say that's the same for you as well, as far as architecture? Like, people, people from different parts of the world bringing their own knowledge, and then you guys contributing to the current discussion. Does that really help much? Okay, if I bring it back home, most of what we're discussing... We really are not doing it in Nigeria because it's just basic. I want the house, you build the house. So I now understand more why when somebody wants to build a house, they go abroad, like if they have money, they just go. Because it's not just about the structure, it's about the planning before the structure. We're not learning all the things, you, presentation skills, the way you're going to carry it out in time. You know, in Nigeria, before you know, somebody might start, they see the light or somebody sees their truck somewhere, you know. But this one comes with the full package, the assurance that they will deliver what they said they will deliver and on time. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. I definitely see that difference playing out. Um, now, grad school, are you pursuing a master, another master's or are you pursuing a PhD program? Okay, I'm pursuing a PhD program. Why? In architecture. <laughs> why? Architecture or why PhD? Why PhD? <laughs> That's okay, the one that um, has one. Why? Okay, I want to be a lecturer. I mean, I like you. No, I'm not a lecturer. I'm a professor, okay? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm coming with my kidding, Nigerian and ways. Maybe I should have done this in two years. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> and I'm fully into it too. Why? Why? <laughs> Alright. Um, okay, so we, we talked about your type of person, right? So for yeah. me, I know that I like books. Everybody say, Patricia, you like books. So I've been reading, if I'm not reading for assignments, I'm reading for Facebook, if I'm not reading Facebook, I'm reading news. So it's something I enjoy doing, I enjoy learning, talking to people, trying to meet people, you know, how do I put it now, trying to work with people. So I think that learning helps you, you see the edge where as you're learning, you're able to also teach people, right? Yeah. So, and also, while we're at it, we're trying to also solve problems in the world. Like now, my focus is on the reuse of materials 
we're looking at how the world's resources are allocating, how do we slow that down, how do we improve our environment. So those where you feel like you have something doing you're contributing to the society, it also gives you meaning. Wow. Um so what would you what are the traits you think that will make you successful in your PhD program? Like we just talked now, I think I need to do more networking. Yeah. Unlike in Nigeria, right? Yeah, cultivate. <laughs> <laughs> you have I to be meaningful talk. about your friendships in, in school as well. Like, no, no, what happens here is you don't even know if somebody is your friend. I mean, we smile, we gist, we laugh, and then it takes a while to like solidify it. Yeah. Yeah. So we see the person the second time, they might not even talk to you. They just walk past you. Yeah. I've come to accept it that I mean, it's all about uh, relating. It's not necessarily you can't call it friendship. No, sir. Yeah. It's um collegiality. Good. So that's what it is. Yeah. Just be more um, aware of what's going on, check, you know. There's so many opportunities basically here, so I want to be able to get into all of them. Yeah. Finish this study, then go into the academic like, teaching, like I said, professorship. Oh, nice. And along that line, I mean, you're going to try to find which one of them will end up being that, like, that good fit for you, but it takes time. But yeah. I always say this, if you want people to be that way to you, you have to be that way to them as well. That's yeah. true. Yeah, so um, it's worth it. Like, I have friends from, like, in my program, I had friends from other countries as well. And eventually, you find your rhythm. You learn to speak one language. Not, like, in the <laughs> sense of it, but they look out for you. You look out for them. And they always know what we're, like, they'll follow you stuff that might be useful to your research. And then you do that as well. And then you study together for exams. And, you know, it's it's really helped me. Like, I had some difficult classes when I was in grad school. And... I'll form like study groups. We'll go to each other's houses on Saturdays, have lunch together, and then attack like the the crisis together. So yeah, it's worth it. But you have to put yourself out there more than you yeah. want to Nigeria. That's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I have a few friends. One is where we might send those articles to. Yeah. And then, like you said, I have to build more. And maybe yeah. by that we start this coming session more group sessions, work on it, and then with time, so I think it's a good look. Yeah, yeah even, even if you have, like, a course, you have to study together. You'd be like, hey, you mind studying together? And you have to find out. Some people don't like doing group work. They don't like doing, not like group work, I mean, they don't like doing, like, reading together with people. So you have to find those that, you know, that might be like you. So if they say no to you, it's not necessarily because mm-hmm. they don't want to, you know, hang out or study with you. Maybe it's just not their vibe. Yeah. Right. So you just know how to use people for the best. Not like use people, but know how to utilize the strengths you find in other people as well. Wow, that's good. Very good. Um, so grad school, two kids. Man, you're living a life. <laughs> <laughs> living the life, or oh. <laughs> living the life, living the life. Reminds me of myself like five years ago without the kids. That is, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you being a middle child, you know, um, and I could I could start poking jokes like that, but I'm not gonna do that to you. Um, how has it been for you to be able to build that emotional support system after moving to another country? Okay, for me, when I got here, I don't, I don't think I have my emotional support system. Is it the people, the friendships, or am I just basically surviving? Well, we can talk about both, however you want to divide, de- define it. Okay, um, getting here, how did I feel? Most times in Nigeria, I was mostly indoors, or I'm going somewhere, I'm coming back, right? Yeah. So, for here, it's just like a change in environment, but the, basically, your life, my lifestyle didn't change. Okay, and um, Nigerians, how do I meet them? Okay, my from friends, all these them graduation parties, we meet them, and they be like, okay, they give you advice, and then what other thing? Okay, I made it. I have a friend now from Nigeria. 
Okay, so we can help each other out with children, you know, she yeah. kids, yeah, she drop her kids and then I drop them, pick them up in school, like that. So I've just met some Nigerian ladies association, maybe I'll join them. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I try to avoid those Yeah, so I'm in between, you know, I can just yeah. like me one or two. Go, yeah, and see, and see if it's a good fit for you. I don't know what it's going to be like in, but my, from my experience, uh, when it's like that, that, that formalized, I find that it's more distracting than helpful. Yeah, so well, for family, yeah. Oh yeah, you have kids. That's different. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm growing up. No, growing up, my parents were not into all that. So my parents, most times. My parents. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the, that. I think that's the factor that makes me not really go there because they'd be like, ah, you don't need those kind of things, you know. So you naturally pull away from them, you know. Yeah, hey, but it's a different game now. It's a different ball game now. You're no longer in Nigeria. That little ball. Talking about Nigeria, it's about you know your your mind just tells you there might be something else I want to use the time for. Let me just go. Yeah, see. but just give it a shot. Even me, that I'm telling you, like I will go to those meetings once in a while, but I just yeah. never committed to it. Like, yes, they will I go, me, but I will just press it. When I go, so I always have a good time. I always yeah. have a good time when I go there. But yeah. I don't want to go too often. You get so exactly. it's like you don't want to accept the responsibility. You just come in and I out. I was not committed. I was that was like one of the relationships <laughs> in my life that I was never committed. <laughs> if it was a boy and girl relationship, they should have broken up with me a lot time ago. Because I would just show up when it was convenient for me. I was not committed, okay. but you know, it was just good sometimes to just go have that clean break from work and life to go see my people. But then that was it. I was I'm out, guys. See you <laughs> what another three months? Yeah, to date. Yeah. <laughs> So I think them, they're also being too um, careful in the sense that, I mean, the same message is that you don't have to be a member to come, you know, like, I'm like, okay, what's going oh, on? <laughs> but you know, that's, that, that's like an American twist for a Nigerian group, because in Nigeria, you have to be a member to join this group. Yeah, so that's like them, you don't have to be a member, so they don't want to put the pressure on me too, they understand that I'm still watching. And are these mostly grad students or sometimes people that work? There are women in um, the yeah. college. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had one like that, you know. So it wasn't Nigerian women, but they would like do parties. If their kids were going out of college, they would throw parties. I found the distraction useful once in a while, but like I said, I was not committed. <laughs> but good, good. So how have you been surviving financially? Because that's really the biggest um, adjustments we have to make when we move, you know, outside of Nigeria to pursue a higher education degree in an advanced country like the U.S. Yeah, so that that um, financial side is very good because, like in Nigeria, we don't have. I think we have funds, right? But they are not really accessible to people that want. Is like, really? They are not. <laughs> I mean, no. So, so I met somebody. Wait, I met somebody in Abuja. He was like, ah, he's in charge of one group. He's accessible. I should call him. So I was like, okay, maybe yeah. I'm just. <laughs> maybe if I stay in Nigeria, maybe I'll have that voicemail. <laughs> If your name doesn't end in Musa or, or Aminu Kano, forget about it. <laughs> like, call me, I'm in charge of this fund. I say, okay. So, but here, there is a straight line where, okay, I want to do something. This is the um, scholarship. This is the finances that are here. So, th- those things have really helped. And then, um, on getting here, you get a, if, if you're lucky, because it's not a fixed thing, you get a good uh, advisor that will say, okay, you want to work with me, I'll pay you, I'll be paying you. Not even him, it's the school. No, and I think it's, Whatever money that they have is going through the school to pay you. So the school is the one in charge of paying you those stipends that will help. So it's been a plus minus where I'm making what I'm eating as a student. And that's fine, you know, because yeah. it, could have, it could have been worse. I mean, even in Nigeria, you fend for yourself. Doing masters, nobody was, I mean, we were the one taking care of ourselves. But here, yeah. while you're studying, you're doing some work in the school and they're giving you that stuff. It's very good. That's it. Your, your, your labor is actually counting towards something. And in addition to the money you receive, you can also receive other things. Like, I was able to publish a lot, go to a lot of conferences that were funded. 
So yeah. even if I was working, even though I was working for the professor that was attached for the school, I know it was also helping my career development. So it was just like, I was grateful for having an opportunity. And that is what I think most of us in Nigeria wouldn't have gotten if we had stayed back home. Yeah, so in Nigeria, when you are into education, it, it looks like you're suffering or maybe you don't have any purpose, let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. But here, there's, there's a clear distinction between those that are in academia and those that are in the industry. And yeah. you're catered for, that's what it looks like here. Yeah, it looks like you're catered for and there's a line. Like, you can see your path, you can actually plan. I okay, I'm working for this. But in Nigeria, it's either you're in, you're in the system, like, sometimes they don't go on strike because they don't, they're not even sure what is there for them. Or here, you can't see them doing any strike because. No, 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 no. And were you able to get that contact in Abuja? Were they able to help you with anything? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten the guy's name now. So. Oh really? Did you did your voice did your message go to voicemail? Was it bound? Was, I, I your, call was it. your call? Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. I couldn't call it because I'm not in Nigeria anymore. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> all the best with that. All the best with that. Um. Oh. So now that you've moved here, what are some other things you've noticed as far as you know? Um, the stark differences between you being in the US and being in, in Nigeria, and it doesn't have to be tied to educational purposes. Yeah, we have two daughters, so let me start from there. <laughs> okay, we have two daughters. You know, growing up, we'd be like, okay, girls do this, and yeah. boys should do that. Okay, so we're trying not to do that. We're say, oh, girls don't behave like this, or boys don't behave. You, you go with your abilities. If you like jumping, jump, but don't wound yourself, right? And yeah. Don't say girls don't jump, boys behave, you know, so that they can feel. I said, maybe sometimes when they watch on they say, mommy, boys don't do this. We're like, no, why? If you can do it, go ahead. Yeah. Oh. It's as they say, it's a cultural. It's, a, it's how our parents have treated us, and how we just instinct by by default treat other people. Uh, over here, I don't really like. You know, architecture is mis- mostly a uh, male-dominated in Nigeria. But when you come over here, you see it's equal. You know, sometimes the, the women are more. Uh, there's there are no limitations. That's it. That's it. I mean, I still believe in some some gender roles, like. Not, but not in a very reductive way. Take for example, if I choose between, if I was in a house I was burning and I had a firefighter that was big and masculine and manly enough, I would want that kind of person to save me because of my body size. Okay, <laughs> let's go that. Let's go that because me, I'm not feminist. I'm not the one that will say, oh, women equal rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have a uh, different strength. That's it. And, and equal, men, we're equal in, in pop, well, not, not equal in purpose, but we're different in functionality. <laughs> <laughs> but we should have equal rights to do whatever we want to express, however you want to express your individuality. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's an expression, right? Okay. Yes, yes. Now, ah, okay. I can't make myself and my husband are the same. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait, okay, so if you say equal expression, that expression, remember, is tied to something, it's tied to activity. Let's say you wanted to move your cupboard from the door to somewhere, and then you knew that if you expressed yourself... No, I mean, expression of rights, like your rights, like you should be given equal rights. Like, for example, women, some parts of the world, Oh, Salah, I don't believe in a gender which car, by the way, but we can talk about that. I believe that, so for example, like in some parts of the world where women are not allowed to go to school, they're just married off early, you know, into, oh. and they, they start having like, you know, and also female genital mutilation mm, and all of those problems. Yes. That I'm against, you know, I feel like women should be given opportunities to like do what they want to do. And I'm just tired of that superwoman concept. I really want to retire early. Have yeah. men work and bring the bacon home because I want to start working. Like, <laughs> yeah, so sometimes when you're so, so stressed up, you'll be like, who's that woman? Yeah, I think I'm I was that woman that said women should work. I'm <laughs> telling you, how dare they? Like, I want, like, I want to be more traditional now. And then sometimes when you're putting your pockets, you'll be like, oh, thank God yeah, I'm working. I'm, thank God I'm working. But sometimes I'm telling you, I know how to play that card. Like, I'm still a woman. Like, go do that. You do that. 
know, I mean, I like the idea of a man protecting me. That's it. Yeah. I like my man a protector, provider, and I supplement it. Therefore, it doesn't make, it doesn't diminish my purpose. It's That's like you you have a candy, you're all lighting from it. It's not changing. It's not changing the the, the magnitude of the light from that first candle. It's not reduced by somebody else lighting it. That's true. You know, so I like, like you, so I don't. I mean, I feel like. I don't buy into this third wave of feminism, like this current wave of yeah, wave feminism. Uh-huh. Like, open somebody open the door for you, then their toxic masculinity is showing. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> we have different, we have more problems in the world to worry about. Um, like I can give you some some girls that still be, they've been captured by Boko Haram that you know being used as sex slaves. We have more slaves in the world now than any time ever recorded. There are yeah. problems with you know female genital mutilation in some parts of the country. I think people people are dying from like non communicable and communicable diseases. Can we just focus on things that matter? You know, but that's just my rant anyways. Yeah. Long rant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we're in a generation where things need to be spelled out. Like what is important, you know? Because you see a lot of things that people see as problems, I just be like, Wow, we could we focus on you you have a, a very great divide between the very poor and then the very rich. Yes. Yeah? Especially coming from our country. Like we see that a lot. Yes. And we talk about drug abuse now. It's so high in our country. Which is what we are saying now. If there was a, a vision, like, if I'm doing well, and a younger person says I'm doing well, then they would aspire to want to do well. Yeah. But they see that, oh, a lot of graduates are complaining, there's no job, and then you're telling that same person to look forward to. There's nothing to look forward to. forward to. They just go and start drinking all those things. And I, and I, and I want to beseech you, as time goes on, you might, you might be want to like, forget about those things. I think one of the things that helps me stay grounded is never forgetting where I'm coming from. Yes. I still try to stay grounded to understand people that are home, yeah. through my parents, through my friends, what their pain points are. Because for all intentions and purposes, I'm still Nigerian. That's I true. never want to get comfortable in this land and forget about what my people are going through their struggles. Now, I might not be going through them you know, directly as they are, but I live vicariously through them as well. So never forget that because that's going to keep you grounded. And an example would be like credit card. Don't buy into that concept too much. Um, yes. Don't get too comfortable. <laughs> and always like, always remember that here they have a different kind of problem. Sometimes like third world, first world problems like, oh, I didn't charge my phone. Or I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what to order at the grocery store or at the restaurant. Or I don't know what brand of toothpaste to buy. I mean, there are real problems to them, but I'm like, no. Yeah. That Nigerian in me is always snapping like, no, girl, you can't like buy into this. Like, problems. <laughs> focus, girl, focus. You know, these are not real problems. Yeah, so we um, we need to remind ourselves that okay we're coming from somewhere, and I think America doesn't want you to forget where you're coming from. <laughs> they they actually, most people they see you, they ask you, ah, when are you going back? When are you going back? You know, but but I always I don't I don't think some of them do it, you know. Um, yeah, in a so way. it's part of culture, you know. Because they care about where you're coming from. Yeah, if, if you have family, yeah. yeah. We ask you, do you have family there? Do you guys still talk? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I just know, yeah, this one is lost though. <laughs> So for me, when they kept on asking, I'm like, okay, when I have a good job, that's where I'm going to say. It's not like I'm going back or staying here, you know. And that's the way to look at life. Because if you don't put yourself in a place, then you would even be more creative to know, okay, what is the best I can get for myself? Yeah. Yeah, so I liked it. Before, at first, I thought it was like, can you where are you? Oh, no. But okay. some of them might do it in a certain way. You just have to learn yeah. how to discern between the ones that are insulting and the ones that are curious. <laughs> But you know, I think after a while you just get this kind of question. Yeah, I will so. before they ask, I'm telling them that look, I'm having <laughs> plans too. So they don't they don't even ask me because you you just want to lay out your plans. Nobody's asking you. My responses <laughs> have changed a lot. Recently, the one I use is well, um, 
I actually don't see myself staying forever in the U.S. or anywhere for that matter. I plan to live around the world, and That's I don't know where it's gonna take me. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, really? And then we start, have, we start having a different conversation, <laughs> and then, oh, seriously, you do that? Oh, you speak Korean? Oh, that's nice. You wanna go to Korea? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, they know, just love you when they see that you're, you're, you have many parts, you know. But yeah. basically, we we want to see improvements in Nigeria because it's where we're coming from. It is, if and I want to go back home, you know. I want to go back. And I want to feel like everybody at home is okay. So with all this news of accidents and people dying, it's yeah. really sad. And so many businesses lost, you know. So we want a country that is growing. Even yeah, if we're yeah. there, there, our families, there, that's our roots, you know. That's it, that's it. And sometimes I feel so guilty because I'm just here. I feel like I'm... I'm having so much fun. Yeah, you have to enjoy your fun, you right? You cannot. You cannot. Because it's like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, like one of the worst things that, one of the things I enjoy is to have a phone call and that tells me that one of my family members is sick and they're hospitalized. And it happened last week. Wow. And I couldn't sleep because I was worried because I know how the system can be. I'm not trying to nap. I'm not going to like, you know, um, talk smack about the doctors or the, I used to work in a hospital as well. But yeah. I know that the system isn't really well equipped. So you can have the best doctors, but if they're in a crappy system, people die from things that could be preventable. So that kind of broke my heart, and I was really so worried. I couldn't sleep, and I just kept calling. I had to even get a number of one of the doctors, so I called and find out. And, you know, that guilt started coming over again. Because even when you're happy, you're not really always happy. Because yeah. you think about the struggles of those back home. So when we say we really want to change the country, it's because we want a country where we can, you know, go back to and be proud of and bring people to and let them visit and also yeah. experience that. Because we have wonderful people already. It's just the country sucks. Yeah. The government sucks. The, the people yeah, in power, some... they suck. <laughs> I just read one article, a BBT article. They said we have uh, over 10.5 million children out of school. You know, and if 10.5 million children are out of school, imagine the effect they would have on the Nigerian system and the economy. So you find that that divide between rich and poor will just keep getting wider because, I mean, I'm going to use money to protect. And I think they want to do that. That's, I think it's a, it's a deliberate intention for them to just keep subduing. Because if education were to be reformed in the way that it ought to be reformed, yes. we won't have this problem. But then over and over again, we have politicians go there and they give us all these sweet promises and they do nothing about it. You know, the healthcare system still sucks. Educational system sucks. And now, to crown it all, we are the poverty capital of the world. Yeah, so we need we need systems that work. How do we get in systems that work? It has to start from our values, from what we do. Just like we were talking about all those nice things at the beginning, people are smiling. You know, it starts with accountability. You want to be honest. You know, because we want to protect our siblings. Okay, let's say you're my sister and you didn't come early. I want to be able to hide you. So I'm not going to put the clock where you just check. If it catches anybody, we should be ready that, okay, whatever we're doing, we're not going to make any favorites. We're not going to watch out for our brothers. I think Nigeria will change very fast because we have the resources. It's just human behavior corrections. That's what we need. I mean, and I don't know. I, I, just like a segue. One thing I noticed about your school is that you had a number from the north mm-hmm. in your school. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that they come with a scholarship bonus and package that you don't have access to? <laughs> well, I, I didn't ask them. I'm sure they won't tell. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, I'm, I'm telling you first. I know what you're you saying. Know, I've seen them, so as I'm laughing. No, for real. And most of them don't end up staying here. Because to me, mm-hmm. that's already even an indication. Because when they go back home, they're studying at a different level. Yeah. It's actually promoted as a job waiting for them back home. So there's already a divide oh. between, okay, for those listening, Nigeria has three major tribes. Uh, major. I said major, okay? Don't come for me. Um, there's Yoruba, there's Igbo, and there's Hausa. Now, there's always been that economic divide. You know, you know what? They, they, okay, those most houses that come here, they, the ones I've like, encountered, they do so well. They don't have to even work most of the time. Usually, they have like scholarship packages from their states. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's also usually a job waiting for them back home. Compared to most of us that might want to go back home, we have to like join the pool of the job applicants, which is already oversaturated. So you haven't noticed that as well? I've, I've noticed that, you know, mostly Northerners. Yeah, you're right. As you say, maybe 60% of Nigerians have met are Northerners, okay? And like you said, all those um, funds, you apply all those um, scholarships they have for the countries. Yeah. We don't really get them, but these things are available, right? So maybe yeah, there's a different way of dispersing these funds. That's why I say if your last name is not Omar or Aminu Kano, forget about it. Yeah, it depends on who is, who is sharing it, you know? Like, these things are there every year. They should be able to check, okay, let us have results for who are the people getting these things. And then with that, they can do a new way to share it so that everybody gets it because it's all out of good intentions, right? But it's not solving the problem. But it's, it's just an indication of the country. Nothing is well distributed. <laughs> nothing is well... You have to, like, have a connection to... I'm serious. Nothing is well distributed. I, I, no, I got to... You got, you got, nothing is well distributed. It's not. There's, there's no system that's working. You find that even you know, a politicians are coming abroad for healthcare, for education, yeah, even like right, Anna, you know. So yeah. it's it's all, and we've been talking and talking. So it's, <laughs> I'm like I'm not going to rant today. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not ranting um, in my house. <laughs> well, we we're never gonna keep, we're not gonna stop talking about this until we see those changes that we do, and you know. But anyway, it's good. Uh, and the question I want to ask you is this, you know, Scrabble. <laughs> Why Scrabble? Like, okay, I grew up playing Scrabble, and I used to be very good at it. But I, I'm sure you're gonna cream me for it to play, because I have, I don't take it that seriously. Even though I'm very good at words and I know how to like put words together. Why, why Scrabble, and what has been the challenges for you, being that passionate about it, and even representing Nigeria on so many levels? Because you won a lot of awards through Scrabble, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So when I finished my secondary school. I think in between secondary school and university, that's when somebody taught me how to play Scrabble. And I liked it immediately, you know, and then I went on to learn that it was actually um, invented by an architect. Somebody that was an architect and then he resigned from his job and went to my, like, his name is Alfred Bott. Yeah. He just said, okay, let me make a game. And he made Scrabble. So it's wonderful how you can combine words. It, it helps your, your brain, you know. I like that I'm learning new words, I can play, and then when you win, you're so happy. And then you might read the dictionary and then you don't have strategy. Your personality still comes to the board where sometimes yeah. you don't struggle and win people and then it just... And then I have like regular words sometimes because you have like stra- Scrabble words. And yeah, we have Scrabble Dictionary. Yeah, yeah. I have a Scrabble Dictionary that's not in um, English. So some people want the meanings and then they put them in books. And we then just... it also determines if it's UK version because they have like UK version. Yes, you have American. American, yeah. Kind of like sign languages, yeah. Yeah, you have American, you have UK and then you have some languages too. And I think in the French version, they have you pick the same tiles because some people will be like, okay, that's a uh, factor of luck when you Keep your hand in the bag, yeah. so they give the same tile to two people and then let them play and see. Oh really? Yeah. You have so the same play. words. Yeah, the same alphabet. So I will see how. Oh, sorry, alphabet. <laughs> just oh yeah. my goodness, that's even tougher. <laughs> so that you don't have any. You reduce the lock element. So ah. interesting. The I played French people here. <laughs> I played and then I taught my elder brother and then he plays. So two of us, we find us moving around and then my dad will now come and stay there. Like I want to be watching my children. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> it was funny. So how were you able to? I mean, I understand somebody taught you how to play Scrabble during that gap, that gap year you you had. But mm-hmm. how were you able to translate that to going for tournaments? Like that's usually unusual. Yeah, so we have a Scrabble club in Port Harcourt, and we used to play in um, Shell Club. We still might, we still play there, and 
with that, you know, you keep improving. We were playing like every day. Every day we play and then tournaments would come up. Sometimes in Lagos, in Benin, in Akure, we just get on the bus, go, play, come back. So with that, you find yourself improving. And then we had the African Championship songs. I think I, I played, I came maybe 27 or so, yeah. And then have the uh, sports festival. At that time I was pregnant with the baby, so how <laughs> much okay. I go? So it was like, ah, go, go and play with Scrabble. So I went and I, I played. I think it, well, that was I won. We won the bronze medal. At that time, um, Michi was president, uh, governor, rather. Right? Yeah. Oh, good. And then you were able to go to Malaysia. What was yeah, that that's like? that's, a, that's for the Causeway Challenge. They have it every year, every December. Let's say first week in December. Oh, there's a guy called uh, Michael Tang. He organizes Cosway Challenge for Scrabble players from all over the world. I think somebody even came from Trinidad and Tobago then. So they gave me a prize for coming from the furthest country. Yeah. It's fun. You're just in a big room. Everybody's sitting down, shaking the table, playing. You know, no, I just imagine <laughs> it's going to be like those chess tournaments where nobody's laughing and everybody's like tense. Yeah, we're, we're happy. It's, it's fun. So you have to find what you like and do it. That's it. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you trying to infuse some of that enthusiasm into your kids as well? Okay, for them, it's just uh, seven years, right? So she reads, she's like, Mommy, I'm reading a book, you know, and here they, they let them write and express themselves. In Nigeria, I think the education is more, it's too intense, let me put it that way. So here yeah, they're just working on the child, expressing themselves, finding themselves first before. Okay. All that. Well, thanks for answering that. So now that you're here, are you still going to keep pursuing your Scrabble? Okay, so for now, no Scrabble. Hey, try <laughs> Toastmasters. I asked them, do they have a Scrabble club here? They're like, no. So I kept my board in the cupboard. Oh, maybe you can start one. Maybe you can start one and you can my just friend, take maybe your Akila and the B moment. Yeah, yeah, I could start one. Have you thought of Toastmasters, by the way? I think you'd be good in Toastmasters. Toastmasters. I tried, I went for a meeting in Port Harcourt. Yeah. It's, it's, here, I haven't found out if they have. Uh, oh, they have. They definitely okay. have. If you want me to hook you up. I can look, okay, look me up. Just send, me up. text me your zip code. <laughs> text me your zip code and I'll send you a link. Of, of, I okay. think you're going to be a good fit for that. Depending when you do from your Scrabble Club, which I think you should. Another social okay. activity you can do. I've been doing Toastmasters for seven years and more now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's really good. You get to meet more people. The way you were describing your Scrabble Club reminds mm-hmm. me of Toastmasters. Instead of spelling words, we use words. We like do impromptu yeah, presentations. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talk and then you can also do like prepared speeches and all that. Well, okay, I mean, this, 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 this is a good skill you have, and I do hope you pursue that. I will. Thank Very you. Very good. And I think the final question I'd like to ask you is, if you could do it all over again, I mean, is this, is this your first year so far, and you still have a while to go in your program, would you still consider coming here? Um, I think I'm more like, I should have come here earlier. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we don't feel betrayed by you, by the way. So <laughs> what? We don't feel betrayed that you say that. We, we we're not hurting by your words. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't want people to see it like it's a free because that's the, the wrong impression Nigerians get. You know, like if you land in America, everything comes to you. No, it is how you've been living in Nigeria that you still come and live here. So for me in Nigeria, I was doing the book stuff, which is you were reading everything, and so I always felt cheated. People always yeah, I always felt like I'm doing so much work. What's happening? But then as I got here, it's like. I was training for, you know, you're training for a fight and then yeah. get to <laughs> you're the you're just like smoking. That's what happened with me. It's not like I should have come sooner. So yeah. it's, it's not just because, oh, you want a better life, you want to be sensitive. It's where would I fit in? That's more 
more like it. And I'm not saying if you're not into boots, you can't fit in here. Maybe they'll find their own parts to go. This is how I think. Yeah. What do you love being? What do you love best about being in the US? In addition to everything we talked about. Like you said, things are working, right? There's a system, and it works. It's not like I'm working. I think I'm I'm working harder because and more efficiently. No, yo, I think you're working the same thing you're working, the same way you've been working back home in Nigeria, but you're seeing more results. In Nigeria, I could carry my children and go and drop somewhere and rest. <laughs> <laughs> but here, yeah, with them, 24 hours, right? So here, like you said, it's more efficient. Yeah. You can time yourself. The Nepal is not going to take light on That's you. That's it. You're more productive. You can cook and keep in your fridge and and eat. It. You know, say ah, they're taking the light. Need to warm everything. You know, all those extras that come with living your daily life. It's all away, and then you can just focus on working. That's yeah. that's yeah. that's high point. Good, good. You like? I'm done with all my questions. I just want okay. to give you the advantage of asking me any question. Are there any questions you have for me? Any, they're curious to know about me or about the show? Yeah, so I think I have one question. Oh, good. So, Go ahead. So how do you, what's your experience with teaching in America? <sighs> okay, um, teaching in America, I would divide my teaching experience into two. Mm-hmm. Actually, three. Um, one, I did as a volunteer. Remember I told you I used to work with mm-hmm. seventh and eighth grade kids in inner cities in um, Austin, Texas, where yeah. I helped them with math. Second, working as a TA, a teaching assistant in grad school, and then now as a as a professor in a, in the College of Pharmacy where I work, I teach as part of my profession. So the first arm of that um, description, working as a volunteer, I really enjoyed it because, as you know, when your kids come back from school, when you teach them, especially math, for example, there's so many activities that go behind it. Like you have to think of how you can describe. Explain concept to kids. So probably we do a lot. We use Legos, we use Gettys, we use. I mean, it brought out the child in me because I, if I, if I had math taught to me that way, I probably would have gone on to pursue chemical engineering instead of pharmacy. To be true story, by the way, I I was a math late bloomer. But that and being able to teach kids that were very disadvantaged in math and seeing just that light bulb moment come out of them was very rewarding for me. And I did that as a volunteer. I wasn't paid. I have to take out time from work to go do that while I was in Austin. Now, the second part of that, as a TA, as a TA, you could, there are many ways you can be a TA. You could either develop the course for your professor that you're working with, or you just maybe um, hold office hours in addition to what you did the first time, or what I explained the first time, mm-hmm. or even like teaching class. And the first semester, I had horrible reviews. By horrible, I mean, I had like, <laughs> I had like 60, uh, I want to say 60 kids I taught, and I had five people give me horrible reviews. Uh-huh. One of the five reviews that I got, they really stunned me, because I wanted everybody to love me. But, um, and I remember just, I was sad about the reviews because I thought, you know, I, I did fantastic. But then um, I talked to my senior colleagues and then my boss about it. They were like, you know what? Don't take it too personal. Why not just try and read through what they're saying? Forget about the reviews. Because the reviews are usually, they're mostly done, they're always anonymous. Mm-hmm. So people can like hide behind that and write, everything. Like, write all the horrible things about you. Mm. So I tried to look through that veneer of, you know, anonymity and the hurtful words, and I found that there was a commonality in what they were talking about. And that was, like, when it came to, like, explaining the expectations I had for the course, I wasn't very consistent in the beginning. So I needed to be more consistent and more communicative yeah. as far as, you know, what am I going to be grading them on versus what I wasn't going to be grading them on. Because students here are very aggressive when it comes to their grades, by the way. Yeah. Sometimes they're more <laughs> aggressive than Nigerian kids, Nigerian students. Yeah. Because here they're more assertive than they know their rights. I mean, our rights are well enforced. <laughs> so the next semester, I took all of that in strides. I, you know, I, I 
got over just that, you know, um, experience I had, and it made me a, a better TA for it. So much so that I, I was actually nominated as a, oh. as a best TA for, like, for that class. And since then, I've said, I held a lot of workshops for other TAs on how to be better TAs. So oh. what I'm trying to say is that you might not get it right the first time. Because there's a there's a different expectation as a Nigerian coming to the US. Number one, you cannot shout at the kids, you cannot spank them, you cannot duck grades from them, mm-hmm. you cannot be mean, you cannot like you have to be very professional. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it feels, it feels like they are tying your hands behind your back and they're telling you to swing. Because mm-hmm. there's so many ways you could have gotten back at them when you were in, in Nigeria, for example. Yeah. So you have to learn how to play the game. Because if you want to be employable the very next semester, you have to do it right. Yeah. So I had to like dump all of my Nigerian ways of doing things and learn how to be part of the system so yeah yeah whatever that meant so that was that and really paid off and of course there are always going to be bad seats there are always going to be students that will take those things for granted but you know what makes it worth it the kids that finally get it those that really see your effort for what it is and they appreciate that for you so i've 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 been able to even talk to some of my students to go on to pursue phd degrees i have um, published with um, like about six of my students wow. I've, I've gotten them involved in research and now that I'm no longer working there in that capacity as a TA, I have a lot of them as my Facebook friends. I even had one of them visit me and in Austin. Find my first podcast episode with Fiona. She was one of my students. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of things that you can benefit from me. So for those listening, you might not get it right the first time. You might get a lot of awful um, evaluations, but read through that. Sometimes you might find things that you really do have to work on because nobody gets it right the first time. So currently now as a TA, as, as a professor, one of the things I do is teach. And now I'm doing it from the beginning. I'm developing my works. And one of the things I always do is I try to make, I always make my class very engaging. Like I can't, I can't be in a classroom where students are not talking. There's no way you can talk in my class. You have to say something. I have a nice um, um, professor. She, yeah. she would have points for contribution. Like she wants everybody to answer and then she'll give you points. I That's give out candies. Of- I give out <laughs> candies to my students. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it's nice. Like I can be creative, you know? Yeah. Another thing I do, another thing I should do then that I, I still, I, I did, I, I, I'm trying to do now in my new positions. At the end of the year, I don't tell my students this. I, I do like an award. Like at the end of the class, last day of class, so I give out awards. So I tell them to vote. Who was, who was a student in class that was with you that contributed most to your learning experience as far as my course is concerned? Mm-hmm. So they vote, it's like a pair voting and then they vote for somebody in their midst and I usually give them like a journal. Or mm-hmm. something they can use, or something that I, that I know students really appreciate, or a gift card, or a mug, nothing too expensive, like 20 bucks or less I spend on yeah. that. And then I also give, you know, my own favorite students. Usually, what the students might say as their favorite person. For me, I look at the student that has grown the most. My award, there are two awards, the peer voting, and then my award for the student that I think grew up, grew the most, as far as how they grew from the beginning of the class to the end of the class. So that kind of, they get very excited to like get rewarded for their teaching experience. So that's some of the things I do in my class. And I always try to also implement like current events or historical events, historical events, because there's nothing, you can't tell me that your course, there's no way you can't, there's always something happening around the world from another country, even in the U.S., that you can use to tie to your courses. So make it more relevant to them. So yeah. they're not seeing themselves as just pharmacists in the classroom because they're not going to be pharmacists in the classroom, for example. They're yeah. not going to be pharmacists. Yeah. Um, um, for example, for my case, because I teach pharmacy students, and these are professional students, they're going to be pharmacists practicing in a real-world setting. So you have to bring real-world cases that, you can, that can stimulate their thoughts. So we do a lot of um, debates. We do a lot of talks. I play a lot of games with them, like simulated games on how to like counsel patients, for example, when you have teaching at an ethics class. So yeah, teaching is rewarding for me. And um, it took a, it took a long while for me to be comfortable in my skin. It's possible I'm still gonna get those horrible um, <laughs> evaluations. But the difference is that now 
I want to see for what it is. Maybe it's just a student trying to reach out to me that this was what I could have helped them with. Mm-hmm. So I try to let go of all the anger and the, 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 the veil they hide behind and then try to see for what it is. So that's teaching. I love teaching and I am, I'm, I'm honored to have that opportunity to, you know, impact people's lives and, you know, also make themselves see themselves in a different kind of light. So that's that. That's great. Thank you. And all the best to your TA work. Thank you. you. Yeah. Another thing I did then was also ask them along the line, every class, like, hey, guys, is there anything I would you like for me to, you like for me to do next time in class mm-hmm. that I can, I can help with your teaching experience? And just, you know, get your feedback. Yeah, I'm looking forward to teaching, but I'm still like, listening to you've said now, well, one of, one of those biases, like, ah, maybe they will be rude, or maybe you can't shout, maybe you might be frustrated. But I think um, that's what I want to do so well. Just yeah, you, you will change. You have to change a lot. But then they will change as well. But mm. you cannot lose your cool in front of a student. You cannot lose your cool in front of a student. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they'll send you emails. I can't even tell you. Sometimes like the emails will be like, Hey, show my age, meaning. Like, do you know who I am? Like, how dare you email me? Like, one guy in our class, if you just look at the, the teacher, the professor, and just call him by his name, and like, yeah, you know, talking yeah, his face. So that one, that one is different. I still, I still call all my professors. Even now that we're all... Well, for all intents and purposes, we're all, we're all doctors now. We're all in the same profession. They want you to like drop the doctor. I'm like, no, I'm never gonna do that. I'm gonna call. You, I'm gonna keep calling you doctor, whatever, to like that. Yeah, that's yeah, Nigerianness. Nigerianness. I just always wanna always remember where I'm coming from. Because for me, dropping those titles doesn't mean I'm gonna respect them any less. But it's just more for me than it is for them. You know? Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna. I think you're gonna be fine. But just always remember, no matter how good you are, students. Some students will still take advantage. That's- so just try your best for the majority and let them see how really hard you're working and making their learning experience more enriched. That's a very good question. I didn't see that. I wasn't expiry. I didn't expiry. Thanks for that question. And it was really nice, you know, talking to you today. Thanks for reaching that stage of self-determination. Mm-hmm. One year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, you. You made it. You're thriving with your kids. And I do hope, I do hope you guys get the best of it. And um, I wish you the best with grad school. And I, uh, I mean, PhD. You, as you know, there's too many ups and downs, too many sad moments, and some moments of regrets. Mm-hmm. But I do hope you push through and you get what you want at the end of the day. And you know, all the best to your kids and your husband as well. Thank you. You're doing very well with the podcast. So <laughs> listen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. And I'll, I'll catch you again on, well, on the other side. Well, guys, um, this was, um, the more simple podcast. I just had the, the fun excitement of interviewing my wonderful friend, Patricia Kio, who is a graduate research assistant at the Texas College, yeah. the Texas College, Texas E&M College Station, where she's pursuing an advanced degree in architecture. We talked about adjustments in the U.S. system, education, raising kids, um, expectations as far as doing well in school and any financial bits of it. We talked about her love for Scrabble and um, just grad school. And she posted, she threw a question on how teaching has been like for me. If you love this content, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a comment on my website as well on iTunes. I'd like to hear from you guys as much as possible. Um, you can follow me on Facebook or on Instagram as M-O-S-I-B-Y-L-M-O-S-I-B-Y-L-M-O-S-I-B-Y-L-M-O-S-I-B-Y-L-M-O-S-I-B-Y-L-M-O-S-I-B-Y-L-M-O-S-I-B-